This week on the Unabated Podcast, we kick off Super Bowl 58, sitting down with professional better Zach White to talk about what he's eyeing in the game ahead and look back on what has changed and what it's been like betting on Super Bowl props over the years. It's a great show. Let's get to it. It's the guy goes unabated. That's the new word, unabated. That's kind of too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's a bigger Hello, everybody, and welcome on into the Unabated Podcast. I'm Thomas Viola, and joining me as always, Mr. Unabated himself, Captain Jack Andrews. Jack, we've had a whole season here. We finally know it's the 49ers versus the Chiefs. The Super Bowl is here. We have Zach White on today to talk about not just uh, betting props. We're, we're not really getting into picks yet. There, there, there are prop mm-hmm. markets out there. We're going to be talking some some about that, but today is more... Talking about the substance, the substance of betting mm-hmm. on the Super Bowl, the work that goes into it, the work that used to go into it, and how things have changed over the years. But right now, we do still have one more football game in this NFL season to play. Gut reaction for you. I'm curious. Who do you think's winning? Oh, I really do not. I have not picked a side yet, not even an emotional side, because I hate both of these teams. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I'm rooting for an under. That's what I'm rooting for. I, that's I'll be clear about that. I've already played some uh, under 47 and a half at plus 104. Um, I think that was a very good line early on. So, yeah, but in terms of these teams, man, I can't stand them both. Uh, I'm sorry for Kansas City and San Francisco fans. I, I, I'm geographically an Eagles fan, so I have good reason to dislike them both. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to agree with you there. I saw, I loved the graphic that came out a little while ago. It was the map of who do you want to win the AFC championship game in 2019. And it was the entire country was for the Chiefs, except New England, which was for the Patriots. And then 2024, and it's the entire country for the Ravens and the St. Louis, Missouri area from uh, for the Chiefs. You right. either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that has really happened yeah. for this Chiefs team. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing about NFL football is the unpredictability of it all. So if the same team's always winning it, you're just like, come on. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes in the playoffs is a special kind of animal, one that we, you know, rarely see in sports. So that's interesting. But at the same time, come on, like, you know, just let's mix it up a little here. So uh, obviously this Super Bowl has a lot of allure because it's in Vegas um and because of taylor swift and there's just a lot of things involved in this super bowl that make it more of an event than i think past super bowls have been recently which is great for props because props are all about a derivative about a big event and i think there's more options for props um and i I, so i really look forward to how this prop season is unfolding there's already a ton of props out there and there's a lot more still to be added. Uh, but anytime you get veteran advantage players together, we all reminisce about what it used to be. And that kind of comes up to play in our conversation coming up here with Zach is I just kind of get to the point where we're like looking back on, remember how good it was back then? Yeah, so be ready for some of that. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. We'll get to it in a minute here. Uh, you know how Las Vegas has celebrated mm-hmm. um, the Super Bowl arriving, what we've done that's very special. Uh, we've closed the Tropicana Bridge uh, from Tropicana over to the Strip. Completely unrelated to events or anything unfolding, 
we have closed one of the most major throughways that you could possibly need to get there. And it's cool because the next street over is also now closed. The traffic is somehow even worse than Formula One. And quite frankly, this is awful. Yeah, look, I feel for people that have to live in Las Vegas. It's I like leaving Las Vegas when I'm leaving because it's just it just sucks the life out of you, whether it be the traffic or the congestion, the people, the everything. <laughs> I like just get me back to my cave here at home that I live in. So, yeah. I'll tell you, though, it's going to be a fun week. I'm excited for all the festivities here. I'm excited to see everything, like the sites, media day, um, the fan fest, everything that's going to be going on. It still is the circus is coming to town. And this is going to be one of the biggest events in Vegas history. And you've got a front row seat for it. Yeah, I am. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to being at the game. This is going to be my first Super Bowl. Yeah, no, well, I mean, <laughs> I think you could you could sample like a thousand people, and it's going to be uh, you're going to find very few people that have been to more than one Super Bowl. So, yeah. uh, congratulations on being able to work the Super Bowl, and I look forward to hearing stories about what it's like on the inside. I'm excited too, but for now, I think that we should get to it with Zach. Let's do it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into the show, professional better and commander-in-chief of the Salty Turtle Beer Company, Zach White. Zach, welcome back on in. It's great to have you back on, my friend. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, we're here. We finally know, after a very long season that also feels like it took the blink of an eye, the Kansas City Chiefs are once again back in the Super Bowl. They're going to be taking on the 49ers. We have a rematch of a couple years ago, and... What's different this time around? Props all of a sudden coming out a little bit early. We're here to talk about today. Not so much a ton of what you've already been betting or what you've had your eye on. I know that project you're still running projections. We're still not quite at that point. But Jack, Zach, it, it's a lot different this year, isn't it? With props all of a sudden coming out here before we get to Thursday, as we're recording this, before prop reveal night at the Westgate. Um, how has that right off the bat been different? Yeah, the um, it was impressive. I was up in um, in the D.C. area for the conference championship games, betting in Virginia and betting over at uh, the MGM across the across the state line there. And uh, I went back Monday morning to cash out, and all the flame, a big chunk of the player props are already up. And that's just that's the way it's been the past couple of years. Nobody's waiting. Everybody's um, you know, putting put them out there as early as, as possible. You know, then the books all copy each other, and it's pretty flush across the board. Uh, you know, very, very different from five uh, five years ago, and then extremely different from ten years ago. You know, yeah, I, I was. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Tom. I was just going to add that uh, every year I tell people, okay, get ready because there's going to be some that come out on Monday, but they're not the complete menu. You got to wait until later in the week for the complete menu. And each year, there's more and more that come out. Really, that whole Monday. To the point of player props, which usually were the last ones to hit the board, they're now some of the first. And when you get to the Super Bowl, it's every player on the roster that gets a player prop line added to them. So it's it's quite a lot of work. And when it comes to just the efficiency of the market here, with stuff being released earlier, it, Jack, feel free to weigh, on, weigh in on this as well, but is it that people are still waiting a little while waiting for some information to come out or are we already seeing these lines get hit and think the schedule and the timeline is just moving up i i think it's the schedule and the timeline uh, zach i don't know if you feel the same uh look we've had 
odds makers on the program, uh, Aaron Kessler, for instance, who would say he would lock himself in a room basically for three straight days and to, in order to come up with the prop packet for uh, Golden Nugget. And yeah, I, I think what it is is these companies are much bigger than some small bookmaker in Las Vegas, and they're attacking these markets weeks in advance and probably have them all set for no matter who wins the conference championship, and they're just ready to go. Zach, what have you been seeing as far as like the early line movement? Have you been even starting to look at some of this stuff? Yeah, uh, of course. You know, we, I would say that since in the past couple of years, when you started seeing these, all the books are ready at the same time on the Monday or the Tuesday after the championship, or the, the teams are determined. It's very uniform. There's not a lot of people taking strong opinions. It's like one book or a couple of the big, big giant books in the marketplace settle on a number and then everybody else kind of copies that and you might see plus or minus a yard here or a few cents on a catch or something but it's not like you know back when Aaron Kessler was doing it and he would say okay well ours are going to come out Saturday and he's going to take opinions and his are going to be a lot different um, there's not a lot of opinions being taken it's very standard stuff we were not going to see a whole lot of fluctuation in these numbers until we get closer to the weekend we start seeing a lot of public money come in you know it's like uh, if you look back to the divisional week you know those numbers stayed the same you know, throughout the entire um, the week and the days leading up to the games, except for when something major happens, like they say, oh, Mark Andrews is or isn't playing, and then somebody else's numbers jump around. But I think what we'll see is pretty pretty consistent numbers, you know, for this first week. Um, and then unless there's any major injury news or anything, maybe on into the Super Bowl weekend and two until we start seeing those public dollars come in and influencing the way the market's going to move. And as far as the actual numbers themselves and what we're kind of seeing for this game, and we're not going to get into picking props. This isn't this isn't that show. If you want to see any prop picks from anyone that we have to talk to, uh, check out Superstream 58 coming up Saturday before the Super Bowl. But just in terms of what lines we're seeing out here, we have one team who is obviously back in the Super Bowl after the Chiefs won it last year. But we've got a very different game coming this year it's a very it, it's a new look chiefs team as well where the defense is actually carrying them a little bit more than the offense has um the total for the game itself is down to i believe it's at 48 it might have been down to 47 i haven't checked the number as of this morning when we're recording this but uh last year it was at what 54 it looks like the lines were expecting a lower game than last year yeah 47 and a half now and that's as a as a better i i prefer the lower total ones uh last year's was a very high total and then it soared over and i couldn't believe i posted a profit after that um you know offensive showdown but um yeah you know i hope it's a defensive game i hope we see some some good some good stops that's not what the public wants to see everybody wants to see you know big plays and touchdowns and you know as a prop better sometimes you you just kind of want them to run the ball up the middle every time <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I agree, and I've talked to a few sharp people, and we all kind of are saying the same thing. We have a, a real underfeeling on this game this year, uh, especially in the prop markets, to the point where I think we're going to have to be patient on some of these prop lines because we're going to have to wait for some public money to come uh, pouring into the market on Super Bowl weekend. Uh, what What is your your feeling on what could be different this year in terms of the market. You know, we talked about the timing of the market being a little different, uh, but I feel like the temperature of 
betters this year is different. We, we're going to have about $1.3 billion wagered just in legal markets in the U.S. alone this year. Is That's the estimates. And what are betters looking to be betting on? I, I'd say half of that 1.3, you know, is going to be, you know, same game parlays and, you know, novelty props and stuff like that. Coin flip's going to be a whole percent of that probably. You know, it's just that's kind of what the the newer betters to the marketplace kind of want to bet now. Um, I think the big wild card this year is how how it'll change with the with the Super Bowl actually being in Las Vegas and how some of those books are sort of independent from the mainstream books that reach all the other states and how that kind of plays, you know, you know, are we going to see some discrepancies that way? Are we going to see some really, really big positions taken on these bookmakers who are just have a, you know, they're going to set records in Vegas for sure. Um, you know, how, how's that going to change things? And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it's, it's go I'm certainly going to be out there in Vegas and I can't wait to see what it's like, but I think it's going to be an atmosphere like never before. And I think there's going to be, you know, record setting dollars in every category. I think it'll definitely be a spectacle. I mean, it, <laughs> if it, it'll definitely be a, a high watermark in Vegas's history to have this game there, uh, especially with how betting has now become so ubiquitous and accepted on this game as opposed to just 10 years ago. And, you know, we wouldn't be advantage players if we didn't look back as how it used to be and say, oh, man, we miss it when it was that because it was just so easy back then. And Zach, you and I were talking a little bit right before we went on the air on what it was like back then and the racing around to go find the number, get the number, make sure you had the right information for a book. You were saying that part of your value was in organizing your entire run, right? Get into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, half, you know, then there was the whole Hilton aspect. They were kind of the market leaders. So you had until Thursday to get your numbers right and be ready. And then part of that was like, okay, what are we going to hit at Hilton? What are we going to leave alone at Hilton? What are we going to hit the wrong way maybe at Hilton? Because everybody's going to kind of copy that. And there's a few books, you know, other books that would hang their own lines. But for the most part, they kind of set the thing. And from that, from that point on, it's like how well can you um, – how well can you formulate a logistical plan on how to, how to get around to the most spots, the most unique spots and, the, and get the most money down. Um, so it was like the, the execution of your bets was worth almost as much as how accurate your projections were, because, you know, as long as I got to the win before the other guy got to the win, then I got twice as much value as he did. And we might've been using, you know, roughly the same numbers, you know, for our, for our projections, but, you know, once I bet it, he's going to move it 20 cents. And that guy that walked in 30 seconds behind me missed all that value. Um, that's just not something you have to consider anymore with the uh, with the online market where it's, you know, they're, they're setting a number and they're really not moving it that much at all. And um, they're not taking opinions. It's not, you know, all five yards here or half a reception here. Um, and they're just adding a bunch more juice and not 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 worrying about the sharp guy as much or they, the sharp guy was banned a while back. So, you know, when you're having a 30... 40 cent hold or 40 cent, you know, prop line, um, you know, you don't have to quite protect it as much. And when it comes to just the differences from then and now, the differences of having to run around to the different books and really plan it from a more logistical standpoint versus now you have the ease of technology where 
yeah, you can just sit at your desk and you're going to be able to bet at all the different books. But of course, we also have the fact, like you mentioned, they're just tacking on extra juice or banning the sharp better altogether. Weighing out the pros and cons of the ease of access to now versus the more value, were you able to get more value before or did it kind of get offset by all of the extra effort that you had to go go through to get down? I don't think I really minded the extra effort, you know, a decade ago. And, you know, you're tired, you know, because you physically were running or driving and then running up to the counter between all these different books. But you know, that was kind of fun. Um, the value standpoint, I, I can bet way more now on a prop um, in, a, in a few clicks. Um, you know, 10 years ago, I, if I wanted a five, $8,000 position on a player prop, I had to hit everywhere in town and hopefully, you know, they, they let me, you know, bet what I, what I wanted to bet, um, or what they, they, their standard limits were. Um, so that's a good question. I, I'm not sure. I, I think that I preferred it the other way, but I would still have to be moving out in Las Vegas for that to be the thing. So that, that wouldn't be a, a, a pro for me. That would be a con. Um, there's plenty of cons to the way um, sports betting is dealt now, but um, me being able to, to not have to live in the desert, uh, that, that's a big pro. I, you know, I agree with you, Zach. I feel like some of my hunger and my drive just isn't there as much as it was back when I was having to coordinate with people and various places to get down. And now I'm just sort of like, yeah. I, I like the whole prop season, but it just doesn't drive me the way it once did. Right. I feel like that's a really common sentiment. I mean, I remember last year at Prop Reveal Night at the Westgate seeing seeing the same thing. It was the, the vibe and the there was still a little bit of the electricity in the air for it, but it was more so just a nostalgic feeling for what it used to be. Yeah, the it used to be four hours. You know, if you if you were start to finish, it would take you a whole hour to get to the line for your two bets the first time, and then it would take 45 minutes, and then it would take 30 minutes, and then finally, you're the last guy at the counter at midnight or something. Um, and that was a cool feeling, but you were getting really unique value and unique numbers then. Now it's probably more of a, you know, it's just kind of like a nostalgia feeling to go there and do it. Now you're, you're almost don't want to hit some of those numbers now, or, you know, it's... um there's nothing that the value is just not there um, because they, I mean, Westgate for as great of a book as they run, they're not going to hang something that's just a scalp, you know, now that like, they, they're going to make their own numbers, but they're also going to look and see what DraftKings has and what Caesars has. And they say, well, you know, we're a little bit off on this. We're going to cheat that way down a little bit and not just create a scalp opportunity for somebody. So there's not a ton of, of uh, value sitting there in line anymore. Um, I'm sure Rufus will be there uh, Thursday night, but I will not be. Um, it's, I did it, I don't know, 15 years in a row, probably. <laughs> Rufus Roof better be there, because if he's not, I'm going to be sitting there waiting to interview him, wondering where he is. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about, and this one really for both of you guys, when it comes to the props that we have now, obviously some things that ed edges exist on back then, they've really been solved at this point. But the flip side of that is... We've also expanded the betting menu a lot. Uh, there are new props and new things to bet on as well. Do you think that the balance shifts more to more edges are gone? Or with the new things that have come up, is there more Is there more of an opportunity now? Yeah, I mean, would you rather have 100 bets that had a 5% edge or 10 bets that had a 10% edge? I mean, that's the, 
it's a no-brainer. I mean, some of the stuff that comes out in the past few years, like, you know, first half yardage and first half catches and first quarter touchdown pass. And there's, you know, pre-built parlays on player props and uh, all sorts of interesting things to look at that just did not exist three years ago. And um, it's great. I mean, it's fun to, fun to look at, fun to work on. It's a good problem to try to solve and, and find some value. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of places to look now. It's not just these eight players and these, um, these yardage lines, uh, thousands of thousands of options. Yeah, I, I agree. If you're somebody who likes solving puzzles, this is the biggest book of puzzles you'll ever find because this is, you know, that's that's what these props generally are, is they're just logic puzzles related to a, a football game. And I don't recall a time when the prop books from the major outlets have gotten smaller. You know, I collect them, actually. I have a collection, I'm sure Zach yeah. does too, of the, you know, the Hilton packet the william hill packet through the years they just keep getting bigger and uh now there are pdfs that i save they used to be i would have to have somebody actually you know physically send me the packet but now it's it's all in pdf form that just sounds depressing i remember (laughs) having to take the take the pictures of the board as they came out at westgate because they wouldn't give you a a packet the first night so like while you're in line, you're kind of looking through your phone at the at the board, it's scrolling and trying to trying to find your next five bets or something. Or, you know, totally different logistics now. And that's before they had the the new board. That was the older board too. Yeah. yeah. How about as far as particularly favorite stories you had? This episode's a little bit about waxing nostalgic. Is there a particular moment in the Super Bowl prop betting race, or even just? The Super Bowl in general, we can we can expand to game day and the bets coming through here. Do you have a particular moment or something that stands out to you as one of your favorites from this time of year? <laughs> as far as like betting, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it was like the first year that um, when Rufus and uh, his partner kind of split off from me and uh, and Mark uh, and Teach, and we were it was our first year where we were kind of going head to head at each other and. Um, you know, the win was an independent book and they were, they were gamblers and they, they hung unique numbers. And I, I, I knew the second they were going to drop and um, I was in there and I fired off, you know, 10 or $20,000 and, and took a break and Brent and I fired off another 10 or $20,000. And I'm pretty sure I've gotten every bit of value off the board, pack up my stuff and walk out. And I see uh Bruce's guy walking in right behind me and the face, his face just kind of drops when he sees me walk out of the, walk out of the sports book and he knew he had, you know, pretty much gotten beat. And, you know, sure enough, like one minute later, my phone rings and it's Matt, the other partner. And he's like, what the heck did you get? How did you get that win number so quick? And he told me X and X amount of time. And I was like, uh, I guess he told you wrong. I don't know what to say, man. Like, uh, it's, it's a, it was a win before we even won, you know, just having the value like that. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say from, from my point of view, uh, I was always the guy on the back end that was running the numbers. Uh, I had a I had a guy that I would network with a lot who lived out in Vegas, and he would and the guys he knew would be the runners around. I only did the prop running around one one time uh, out in Las Vegas. The rest of the time, I was the guy kind of on the back end running the numbers. Um, and my numbers weren't nearly as good as Rufus's stuff, but 
so I was the guy that was constantly, you know, getting the call saying, okay, what about this? Okay, what about this? Oh, did you log this? Okay, here's the rundown of all the lines at this book. And I'd have to furiously type them as I, you know, listen over the phone. Uh, it was really before the age of apps where you could communicate like that. Like AOL Instant Messenger was how we communicated, but we didn't have that on our phones at the time. <laughs> that was like unheard of. So yeah, it was it was kind of neat back then, just kind of coordinating everything between the two. I don't really have a story that sticks out other than uh, the one year, and I told this to some of our unabated premium members the other day, the, the year I got stiffed. Uh, it was probably my best year ever running the Super Bowl props. Uh, did great job big time profit. And the guy we gave all the tickets to, to cash just left with the money, gambled it all oh, away. No. Oh, so, um, yeah, that was a, that was a horrible Super Bowl. It's really affected me the rest of my life in terms of trusting other people to work with, but that's for another show. Uh, I, I made out okay in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Way to end it on a depressing story. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty terrible. Man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Zach, the final question, of course, uh, the wrinkle in this year's Super Bowl that is very different than we've had in the past is we are going to have a whole new category of props here related to the biggest pop star on the planet and Taylor Swift. Are you betting any Taylor props? I, I don't know. I guess I'd have to ask my daughter if she's got any inside information on. on I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't. Um, I mean, I think it's cool that the popularity that it's, that it's uh, brought to the sport and everything and. I was just having a discussion actually with um, uh, Tim Lawson, uh, Better Life, and and he was talking about some of the Swift props that he liked, and and uh, I was like, it's probably going to be five times what you know the exposure and the and the um, at least five times you know the, the, of any other game when she was in a prime or the Chiefs were in a primetime game, and they're like, oh, they showed Taylor Swift six times on screen, and you know people are complaining or people think it's great, but. But the Super Bowl has a completely different audience. It's like now, you know, people are watching the Super Bowl that didn't watch a single football game all year. And it's families and it's young kids and, uh, you know, uh, teenagers and stuff. And and this is like a chance for, uh, you know, I don't know what the markets are going to be like or what kind of limits and stuff. But like there's, there should be a giant prop menu for Taylor Swift props just because of that's, half the people, that's what they're going to be tuning in for. Now, so I know like Nevada and places can't offer it, or most legal states can't offer it, but I saw the, the one up in Canada that got bet from the proposal one that got bet from minus 230 to minus $1,130 at the time. And, you know, I know the offshores can take it, and there should be a couple pages of Taylor props. I think that's awesome. I, mean, I think I, I think they're, they're missing out an opportunity for Taylor's cam. Like, just have a camera that's just on Taylor Swift the entire game no matter what's going on on the field, uh, I think people would probably tune into that. Yeah, maybe just give her one on uh, ESPN2, like uh, the the Manning cast. They, have her right. officiate the game as it goes on. That'd be good. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, it would be just a completely definition of the All-22 cam. But it would still work. Uh, the All-22 camera footage that's the... Uh, it, it, it's when they do... It, it's the footage you can buy that's like all the scout footage that they have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I I agree. I I think it's great for it. I'm obviously so I'm going to be at the game. You know, I'm going to be trying to see if I can't find my way to meet her. But it's going to be a fun game, and I'm excited. It's another great Super Bowl. One last question, of course, you got to give us a little bit of a prediction here. Who do you think's winning in the end? Uh, I gotta, I, man. I don't know. I 
it's such a tight, tight market. And I, I got to go Niners. I have way more friends that are Niners fans than any that are Chiefs fans. So that's what I'm going to base it on. I'm like, yeah, I hope most of my friends are happy at the end of this thing. So uh, let's go Niners. You're a nicer man than me. Most of my friends are Niner fans as well. And I hope that they're absolutely miserable at the end of the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was we'll bullied see. in high school for being a Jets fan and I never let it go. All right. Yeah, that's understandable. Yep. All right, Zach, thank you so much for being with us here today. Yeah. Of course, guys, be sure to check in next week. The Super Bowl content is going to keep rolling. We have a very, very exciting show coming up. We have, are we officially calling it the prop off? Jack, help me the, out here. Do we have the first, official name? The first annual international prop off between Team Unabated and Team Matchbook. Uh, this is a war of continents. And hopefully something, I make sure I say that clearly, continents. Um, and I hope it's something we continue to do over the years. Uh, they, they're, they're give, they're, they have a prominent U.S. handicapper on their Team Europe side there. So I'm a little bit, uh, we got, got ringered a little bit, but it, it should, should be interesting. It's going to be in place of our podcast next week half of it and then the other half will be in place of the matchbook podcast next week as well it's gonna be great be sure to tune I in imagine be... you guys you guys have to have a couple of prominent handicappers on the staff too i don't i don't think you're too uh too much of an underdog here yeah under we got a dog's name guy uh, as our team <laughs> captain so uh, i think we'll be in good shape uh and then, you know but and they've got a they've got a german and a brit so um yeah it it'll be interesting I think the pressure's got to be on. We we can't possibly lose in an American super a Super Bowl prop betting contest. We can't possibly lose to a European team there. That would be too great of an insult to bear. But hey, people are gonna have to tune in, see what happens. We'll see you there. Just be be stay stay tuned for the podcast next week. It'll be right there on your feed. In the meantime, of course, you also know the drill. Give us that five star rating and review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate us, tell your enemies. Trick them into listening to us instead. We don't care. Follow us along at Unabated Sports. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, do the do that now. And in the meantime, best of luck, everybody. Best of luck on your Super Bowl prop betting endeavors and more. And we'll see you next episode. Let's cash some tickets.